Just like an actual toolbox, you need to have a variety of financial tools at your disposal so your retirement portfolio can handle any situation that comes your way. Scott Searles is a certified wealth strategist and the CEO of Skybox Asset Management. He can help you build a solid financial plan that will stand the test of time. This is the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Retirement Toolbox. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor and the president of Skybox Financial Group, serving you throughout the greater Cleveland area, also down in the Bradenton, Florida area as well. You can find out more information about the team and listen to past episodes of the show all at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. That's skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Scott, great to be with you once again, sir. How are you? Doing well, Walter. How about yourself? Yeah, doing great and uh, looking forward to a good show today. Just sort of like, you know, end of summer, you know, making that early fall transition mentally now. Although with all the days running together, I mean, it's been like this for the few months, though. You really just don't know what's Monday, what's Tuesday, what's Sunday. It's all it all runs together now. And, and, and the months are starting to run together, too, I would say. Well, at least we're not all locked in our houses, too. So we can, you know, get out and about a little bit more than you know, when we were on lockdown. And fall's I, probably one of my favorite times of the year. I, yeah, me too. I, I mean, I, I I like it starts cooling down a little bit. I do have a big project this fall, though, and that I, I am, I think I'm going to tackle thatching, aerating, and reseeding my whole yard. Ooh. Yeah, I'm trying to get that perfect neighborhood lawn. What What is thatching? I should know this as a homeowner, but for some reason, I, 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 I've heard the word before, but never really in terms of the lawn. I've always thought of like a thatched roof or something like that. Right. Well, this is, it's a machine you rent, and it just uses kind of like these little spikes that rotate, and it pulls all of the dead grass that's at the bottom of your yard out. Oh, okay. You know, like when you cut your grass and you mulch the grass, all that grass, you know, starts building up down there. Right. So you know, I've watched a lot of YouTube videos, but Sounds apparently, like yeah, you, you, <laughs> you, you pull up the dead grass, then you aerate, which is poking the holes in the yard. Then you reseed, and there's room for that seed then to, you know, okay. I guess germinate. Right. So, and then of course water. But you know, fall's a good time to do that. So I think I'm going to tackle that this month. So uh, that's on our list too. I'm just going to hire somebody to come do it. Yeah, I know. I'm going to try it myself. I've I've had guys, you know, doing the. Uh, they did a little bit of reseeding and they did the aeration, but I think I'm going to try this. You know, myself this year. And, yeah. you know, I'm never happy when people do stuff for me. It's mm. like I used to have my grass cut and, you know, they'd come when it was wet and I'd have tracks through my yard. And, and so now I just cut it myself. Yeah. It just uh, depends on the task, right? We, we've done right. so many other projects. I'm like, Ugh, I'll have somebody else do the yard this year. You know, we, we want to get the backyard. We've got a lot of mud in the backyard right now. It just really needs a good professional touch to kind of give mm -hmm. us at least a foundation to work with. There's like eight different types of grasses, I think, growing out there, plus multiple types of weeds. And it's like, we just need to hit the reset button and have somebody come, you know, get this thing nice and, and shaped up. So we're going to try well, that. My neighbor, he uh, I, he must be having his yard replaced because uh, he killed his whole front yard. Oh, the, wow. He had, must have had it sprayed or he did it himself. I didn't see when it was done, but... Uh, yeah, so I think he's having his whole yard replaced. Wonder if he'll go the sod route or something like that, perhaps. Yeah, I don't know, but hmm. I'm not quite at that point. I think I can still save mine. 
Yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, let us know how it goes next month. Oh, I All guess right. you really won't see the results until what? Next uh, next spring, Probably right? the spring, yeah. 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 Okay. When I'm cutting the grass three times a week because I've got such beautiful, <laughs> lush lawn. You planted such good grass that now you are you have to take an extra day off of work just to mow the grass enough to uh, keep, it, keep it at bay each week. That's fantastic. That's right. Well, we've got a great show on the way today. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, movies at the end of the show, as we always do. Stay tuned for the TV and movie review. Uh, we'll give you some good suggestions on what uh, we've been watching on Netflix or Amazon or Disney Plus or whatever the different platforms might be these days. Actually, there's sports back in, back in finally, uh, back in, in, in the routine. So I don't know, maybe that's been on the agenda for one of us as well. We'll find out later in the show. Also, we've got a good question from Millie. Millie's got questions about being uh, 64 years old already, wanting to work for a couple of more years, but uh, boy, kind of just tired of the old boss and uh, wanting to just pull the trigger on retirement now. So we've got some good questions um, to ponder uh, that she brings up on the show today as well. All that and much more, but first it's time for our main topic of the day. And what we want to talk about on today's show are some easy ways to ruin your retirement. You know, every other financial show out there, Scott's going to talk about ways to not ruin your retirement. We're going to talk about the ways to ruin your retirement. We're just going to do things a little bit differently. How's that sound? We're always different. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Um, so we're, we're going to take the other angle and see if we wanted to mess up retirement, what would be some of the things uh, that we would do? Obviously, don't do these things, and that'll help you not mess up your retirement. We're gonna so have it's some, like one of those reverse psychology. It's a reverse podcasts. psychology thing, exactly. Yes. Uh, it's it's like in the office when Dwight says, "I think, what would an idiot do?" And then I do not do that thing. That's <laughs> right. that's what we're that's the philosophy we're taking on today's show. All right. So, first way to mess up your retirement to ruin it right off the bat is if you treat retirement as the destination rather than the beginning of another part of life. Why are those who treat it as a destination? I don't know if doomed to fail is a bit dramatic, but why are they uh, putting themselves in some trouble? Well, you have to remember, I mean, everybody, I mean, we're conditioned, right? We're working, we're like working towards retirement for 30 years or 40 years, however long we're working before we retire. So that's always been like this goal and this target. So everybody has this, you know, in mind that's a destination, but what you need to realize is it's not, it's a transition into really the second phase of your life or third phase or whatever phase you want to call it, because your retirement very well could last, you know, as long or pretty close to as long as you worked. So this is, it's really another phase and things do change a lot in, in that when you get to that, that phase too. So if you're just treating it as a destination, you get there and you think, okay, I'm done. Forget about it. I don't have to worry about any more of this stuff. You know, but the reality is, is that when you get to retirement, there's a different set of challenges and that you, if you, you have to invest differently, you have to take into account different, you know, investment strategies, take into account withdrawals from your portfolio. If you have to supplement your income, so all everything needs to change when you get there, but it, it, it's really entering a different phase. And I think the biggest thing is if you have a plan before you get to retirement, you've addressed a lot of these things to know that it's not a destination. It's another phase that you know, may last 30 years. And during that 30-year time period, you're going to have inflation, you're going to have taxes, and you have to do things a lot differently. So don't treat it as if it's a finish line in a race because if you, you you get there and say I'm done, put your hands up in the air. You can't see me. I'm actually doing that right now. Uh, say put my hands up. I'm done. 
I'm just going to relax and sit you know, next to the pool and, and do nothing, you're probably going to end up failing. Yeah, I think that's a great way to view it, Scott, because, um, you know, I think with anything in life, if we treat it as a destination. In fact, I was watching a, uh, a, a I don't know how I got, you know how you fall down those YouTube rabbit holes where you watch a video oh, yeah. on something and then it just autoplays the next one and it's on something similar, and but a little bit different. And the next one's on something similar, but a little bit different. And three or four videos mm-hmm. in, you're on some totally different tangent that you, like, how did I get here? Um, right. It was a commencement speech from a high school valedictorian, and he was talking about regretting becoming the valedictorian. Um, all that he had sacrificed to become the first in his class in his final year of school, all the relationships that he put on hold, all the sacrifices he made to try and you know keep his grades as high as possible to achieve this goal. And he said for 13 seconds, or maybe it was 15 seconds, I think is what he said, for 15 seconds, it was the greatest feeling in the world. Like when he walked across the stage, they announced his name, he picked up the thing, he waved to the crowd, everybody was cheering, and he sat back down in his chair. And he said, and in the 16th second, I was totally empty, and I felt, is that it? <laughs> it was a really clever speech, by wow. the way. He goes, is that it? He's like, and I was just like, all of that for that? And then he just, his, his takeaway was, you know, as we go out into the world, let's remember that, you know, it, it's the journey, you know, is a big part of it. It's not just about the destination. Sure, the destination's important, but we have to think beyond just the destination. We have to, and, and don't sacrifice the relationships along the way. A little bit deeper than this example here, certainly, but I think there's uh, there's definitely some parallels between just remembering that there's there's always something that's coming next, and to be preparing for that too, not just right. for this one little event and uh, retirement. Much like graduation would be kind of a good example of that. There was certainly more to come after that uh, goal. So. Good takeaways for sure. And no one views graduation as the end. They view it as the beginning. Right, exactly. For for many viewed as the beginning, but he, he was so focused on that one goal, it just absorbed everything about him and he wasn't prepared for the next phase. And so I think that's a good point here. If you're not prepared for that next phase, uh, you're in trouble. Uh, believing that retirement will solve all of your problems is another way to ruin your retirement. Is this sort of directed at the folks who think, you know, oh, life just stings right now because of work, retirement's going to solve it all? You know what, Walter, I, I hear this all the time. You know, you're working, you're stressed out, you're driving every day, you're dealing with traffic, and you just sometimes think life just stinks. And it's when you get to retirement, all your problems are solved. You're done with everything, and, you know, life will be easy. But if I had a dollar for every one of my clients that said to me, Scott, you know what? Now that I've retired, I don't know how I had time to do all this stuff before. I mean, they're busier in retirement than they actually are in when they were working. So, you know, it, it's different, but there's all new problems that pop up. You know, you, you've got a bunch of different things. Maybe you want to travel and see the grandkids. And, you know, that's another thing I hear a lot, more jokingly, but there's a certainly a thread of truth to it is that you're with your spouse all day long now. You, <laughs> you retire, you're going to work every day, maybe your spouse is home, or you're both going to work every day, and you, you just see each other for three, four hours at night before you go to bed. Now, all of a sudden, you wake up, you're with them all day long, and you go to bed, and you know now you're, you're with them for 12 hours a day. And uh, there's an adjustment there with that. So, and that creates a whole new set of problems. So you have to kind of think of the mental aspect of retirement when you get there, uh, because it is certainly going to be different, maybe less stress-free, but there's a whole new set of problems. 
That's a great point. There's always going to be more issues throughout life. Um, it's, it's not always just going to be one thing. There is no magic bullet for preparing for retirement on the financial side, as we've always talked about. And it's kind of the same on the emotional side, too. So it don't, it's like people who think kids will solve all the problems in a relationship. You know, we probably have all heard that before. It's the same kind of idea. It's, it's not necessarily going to be the case and likely won't be the case. Another easy way to ruin your retirement is to assume that your monthly spending habits in retirement can easily be determined by your spending habits while you are working. This often sets people up to be way out of whack with reality. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? That's a little bit of the financial planning industry is responsible for some of this too. When we do financial plans, a lot of the times we would always say, hey, you know what? You know, 60, 70% of what you are spending now, you're going to spend in retirement. And that's how you'd create a plan and say, hey, you know, when you retire, you don't have to drive to work anymore. Kind of that, you know, you're done, you're not doing anything mentality from, from our first uh, part of this topic. But you know, the reality is, is that, you know, th- there's going to be a lot more things you're going to be spending on different things in your retirement. And, uh, you know, that it's going to become expensive. F- for instance, when I do planning, what we do is, you know, we have that conversation. We talk about, you know, look at the expenses, what things you're still going to have. And yeah, you won't be driving, but you're going to have different added costs, like maybe travel costs. Maybe you want to travel more. You you have to factor in healthcare costs. You know, and all those are things that maybe you, you didn't have when you were working. Now those are going to be added on. So some of the things that you lost, you're going to add on different things. So I always tell people, when you first retire, there's always a little bit of a trial period. You know, six months to a year. That first six months to a year. You know, we're going to kind of see how that spending works. We're going to build some flexibility into that plan. And, and if you say, hey, you know what, I need five grand a month, and then all of a sudden you start going through everything and, and you discover you need a little bit more or a little bit less than that. And when you build out your plan for retirement, you need to, if for instance you say, okay, I need, you know, we estimate that you'd need $5,000 a month. Well, that's what you need to actually spend, and it needs to be after tax too. And then we need to throw travel and healthcare costs on top of that number. Because if you have a mortgage, you're paying for car insurance and groceries and utilities and all that stuff, that may be part of that five grand. But we're going to have to add those extra things on top too so to work that number. So yeah, it's not as easy as, as just thinking, hey, you know what, I can just take that, you know, that number, do, you know, 60 80, 90%, whatever the case may be of that. And that's what I'm going to do with. There's got to be some adjustments. We have to think and talk about it a little bit more than that. Yeah. Communication becomes really important uh, during a lot of this. That is for certain, Scott. Uh, If you are doing any of these things, by the way, as we're going through some easy ways to ruin your retirement and you're going, hmm, I thought uh, you know, uh, retiring would solve all of my problems, or oh, I was kind of just banking on spending the same amount in retirement as I am now. Maybe I need to review that or, or get a different look at how I'm structured. Might not be a bad idea to do that. And if you want to talk to Scott, you can certainly get in touch. 888-742-0111 is the number, 888-742-0111, or go online to Skybox Financial Group.com, and we'll put contact info in the description of today's show. Another easy way to ruin your retirement is to stop being active. When you get to retirement, just become lazy. Live out that, you know, front porch sweet tea uh, retirement fantasy, and, and you'll be, you know, you'll be perfectly set up to mess up your retirement. Why is that, Scott? 
Well, you know what? We all think that way, right? We're all working our whole lives to get to retirement. We just do nothing, just relax and go out in the sunset. But, you know, I've been doing this now for 28 years, and I've seen a lot of different people go into retirement. And, and I'll tell you what, I'm no doctor, but certainly staying active in retirement is super important. I, I see how people's lives change by them being active. I mean, go to the rec center. I have a ton of clients that, you know, go walk in the mall, you know, when when they're open and you don't want to have to wear masks. But, you know, you swim and a lot of people like to play golf and you'll know, do these things several times a week. So we talk about being busy in retirement. We've got these things, but a lot of what you need to be busy with is doing these activities, maybe like gardening and doing these things, but you need to get out and do stuff because that's going to help your your longevity. I mean, our bodies aren't meant to lay around. You know, they're, they're designed to move and, and be active, and that, that's what keeps you healthy as well as a healthy diet throughout uh, your retirement too. So, Again, it's just adjusting to your new lifestyle, but part of that lifestyle definitely needs to be staying active. All right, Scott, one more example of how your retirement can easily be ruined if you follow this advice, and that would be to invest like you're 35 years old at retirement. <laughs> I just had this conversation uh, yesterday with, with a, a new client that came on board, and uh, she had, you know, she was about ready, like within a year for retirement. And I look at her portfolio and it's 100% stocks. And I said, and we, you know, obviously at the beginning of the year, we just had this huge drop. And we were very fortunate in that that market came back rather quickly. I mean, it wasn't, you know, there was a lot of people speculating that that market could have stayed down for a while and not came back up. So the problem is when you get to retirement, you can't invest like you're 35 years old because you can't, you're not working, you're not contributing money, you're not saving anymore. So if, you know, the market, well, when the market drops and when the economy slows down, because it will several times throughout your retirement, you don't have the ability to recoup that money quite as quickly because you're not adding money into it. So you need to adjust the way that you're invested and, and develop that allocation that's adjusted for what your risk parameters are and what your plan is and what your income is in order to make sure that that money's going to last you for the rest of your life, number one. And number two, to make sure you don't look for the next tallest building to jump off of because, you know, you're retired and you lost half your money because the market had a correction. So you do have to invest differently. If you invest like you're 35 years old, you're going to be doomed for failure because that market will drop and it will take a while to come back. And if you're constantly pulling money off of that account in order to supplement your income, that account's just going to drop more and more and more. So... Yeah. The biggest thing I tell people is you need, when I teach my classes, I talk about the accumulation phase and the distribution phase of your investments. And when you retire, you're in the distribution phase and you have to invest and do things differently. Well, there you have it. Some good examples of how you can easily ruin your retirement. So if that's your goal, follow those things. If it's not your goal, well, do the opposite of all of those things. Don't invest like you're 35 years old. Do stay active in retirement um, and make sure that you are treating retirement like another part of life and not the destination. Just some good examples on today's show. Hopefully that's a lot of good food for thought for you. If you want to talk to Scott about some of these things, about maybe your own financial plan, your own financial life, and how you can improve your situation, don't hesitate to reach out. As I mentioned earlier, you can call 888 742 
888-222-0111 or schedule a free consultation online at talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com. And again, we'll put the contact info in the description of today's show so it's easy for you to find. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. And my question for you on this episode, Scott, what unique family traditions does your family have? (laughs) Oh, this is a great question. It's better than what clothes I wore in the 80s. Uh, (laughs) That was a disaster of a segment, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, no, you know what? I have a very small family on my side, but my, my... uh, wife's family is is quite large and uh, we all go over to her aunt and uncle's house and uh, her aunt married a, a Polish guy and uh, great guy and, but he brought a lot of his Polish traditions into the family so every Easter I really enjoy we we weren't able to do it this year because of the coronavirus but every Easter we, we go out to their house they live out in Garrettsville Everybody that's around the Cleveland area. So it's a little bit of a country area, but we, we make our own sausage, and it's like this Hungarian sausage Ooh, cool. with with paprika and garlic. And then we you know, roll it. We put it in the little cranker thing and put it in the casings. Um, and then he, he smokes the sausage so, you know, while, while the rest of the food's getting done. And then we have that as part of our dinner. And then we make something called shun, which I – it's kind of – we take horseradish root, we grind it down, we add sugar and ground up beets and beet juice into this. So it's red. Wow. And it, it, it's just this horseradish sauce. We all take some home and we have some for dinner. But uh, yeah, so I always enjoy Easter. We get to do those extra things. And uh, I mean, it's it's just fun. And then usually he'll smoke something else besides the, uh, you know, the sausage, maybe a turkey ham. I think one year he did a pheasant. And, uh, yeah, so it was, oh, he did one of those Turduncans one year too with the turkey. Oh yeah. I've always wanted to try one of those. Yeah, no, it was, it was good. It was good. But, uh, yeah, so that, that's always my, you know, the tradition that we kind of do is going out there to Easter every year and, uh, I enjoy it. It's fun. That's pretty cool. I like uh, hearing about family traditions. Everybody's got a little something unique that they do. At Christmas time, we do a, um, this is just like one one example, one tradition. We usually will do, uh, my grandparents, if you go up there, um, they, to encourage you to come earlier and stay longer, leading up to Christmas Day, they do sleigh gifts at night. So the tradition is, if you're staying with them leading up to Christmas, however long you're there, you get a gift every night. They have a big sleigh, and then they pile it full of gifts. And so then whoever's there hanging out leading up to the uh, leading up to Christmas, at, at, before everybody goes to bed, everybody goes and grabs a sleigh gift. And you, you don't know what it is. They're not specifically bought for like a certain person. So they're you know often they're very random. They're small trinkets, you know that kind of thing. But it's right, just right. it's just fun, you know. And so right. and then everybody sees some of them are duds. Like some of them are like like not that cool. And then some of them are really neat. So you just kind of never know what you're going to get. But it's kind of a fun little tradition just to sort of build that excitement up, especially for the kids leading That's up. Neat. To, uh, to Christmas Day. Yeah, that's really neat. Yeah. And then on my, uh, that's on my dad's side of the family. On my mom's side of the family, my grandma, every year at Christmas, they, uh, for many, many, many years, they've cooked uh, wherever they've traveled to that year. They make a Christmas dinner around that travel, around that trip. So, you know, if they went to Morocco, then we have a Moroccan, a Moroccan dinner. Um, we, they did a, um, 
what was that an Ethiopian trip one year, and so we had Ethiopian for dinner. So we, they had this humongous pile of all of these meats and vegetables, and then this like spongy. Um, it's like the spongy tortilla is a good way to describe it, maybe. And okay. it's like basically like th- very thin but kind of spongy bread, and then you and that's what you use as your utensil. And so you're using the pieces of bread to just pull food and vegetables from the pile that's in the middle of the table and eating wow. that way. And so, you know, just all wherever they obviously the year that they went to Italy, we ate really really well. <laughs> that <laughs> that was a, that was a good one. So, that's always a f- tradition I look forward to. You, and you never know cuz sometimes they go to multiple places, so you never quite know um which one they might choose depending on where they've been or, you know, they might choose from a previous year that they didn't get to do. So, it's a little bit of a mystery too. You don't know quite what's going to be coming out. Uh, on the dinner table. I think that's always so you kind don't of know until thing. you get there. You know, you don't know until it's literally hitting the plate. Yeah. Until until they walk around the corner out of the kitchen and, and, and put it down. So it's it's always a, there's always this little mystery factor to it. And it's funny because my parents I'm a very adventurous eater, but my parents are not adventurous eaters. So they're always like very nervous. <laughs> they're always <laughs> like, oh, no, what's it going to be? <laughs> There's a big fish comes out with the head on and right exactly exactly so i'm I'm all about it let's let's try all sorts of different things but my my folks are a little bit the opposite so that's kind of entertaining to watch but uh, yeah that's a fun tradition that we do so absolutely love hearing about those oh uh, well there you have it getting to know scott searles a little bit better on today's show now time to get to know you by answering one of your questions as we open up the mailbag it's time for the mailbag we want to hear from you All right, our question today comes from Millie. Millie says, Scott, I'm 64 years old. I wanted to work until I was 66 or 67, so I was going to get serious about my financial plans in about a year or so, but I just can't deal with my mouth-breathing boss anymore. What do I need to have in place before I give them my notice and storm out of here? (laughs) All right, Millie, you made me chuckle with mouth-breathing boss. Mouth-breathing boss, isn't that great? (laughs) Uh, Well, you know what? I you know, I sometimes I sound like a broken record, but Millie, I, I think that step one is that you need to create yourself a plan. And I say this all the time, knowledge is power. Knowing what your situation is, knowing financially if you can retire today or if you need to wait. You know, I, I know you're gonna work to sixty six, sixty seven, and now your boss is driving you crazy, you know, your mouth breathing boss. So, you know, if you have a plan in place and this happens, and you're just like, I'm out of here, and you've already met with an advisor, you've already had this plan in place, then you'd be like, well, I know I can retire whenever I want. But now, because you don't have that plan, step one is get that plan in place and start today. So go see somebody, give us a call, you know, whatever, whatever's convenient for you and you'd like to do, but you have to get that plan in place to at least know you can do it. Once you know what to do it, you have that power. Then you can be like, all right, you know, you could go, you know, tell your boss to shove it. And then you know confidently that you've got all of your, uh, all your ducks lined up and, and that you, you're, uh, you're going to be comfortable for the rest of your life. And, you know, I tell this too, I, I think planning for that retirement, you know, once you get into your early 50s, you have to do that because, you know, what happens if you lose your job too? I mean, fortunately, that's not your case, Millie, but you know, if someone loses their job, if they know what their situation is, they can say, hey, you know what, I'll just continue working, you know, or 
you know, I'll find another job and continue working, or I'll just stop working now because I'm in a good spot. So good luck to you, Millie. If you you want to create that plan, give us a holler or try to find someone that'll do that. But that's definitely step one for you. Absolutely. Great question, Millie. And uh, you're not alone. Lots of people reach that point where they're just ready for that that working life to be over as fast as possible. And uh, you've, you've worked hard to get to where you are. Maybe that day can indeed come sooner. Just make sure you always go into retirement with that plan in place. Ways to get in touch with Scott, 888-742-0111 is the number to call or go to talktoscott.com and you can schedule a free consult right from your smartphone or computer. Talktoscott.com is the web address and we'll put the links and uh, contact info in the description of today's show. All right, Scott, uh, before we wrap up for the week, you know what time it is. Just sitting at home with nothing to do. All right, the movie and TV review. Time to find out what Scott and I have been watching on the interwebs lately, since I I believe we're both cut the quarters, right? Yeah, yep, yep. I'm YouTube TV now. Yeah, same here as well. Uh, So, yeah, what's been on your... But in addition to YouTube TV, we've we've got the Netflix. I believe you have the Disney Plus, right? I do. I got the the Hulu. Oh, yeah, see, I, I don't have the Hulu, but you've got the Hulu. So that's good. I get it free f- with my Sprint cell phone. Oh, so. okay. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. that's the only reason. I, I wouldn't pay for it. Oh, I have Sprint. I wonder if I have access to it and don't even know it. You may. Entirely possible. In any event, uh, what have you been watching? Well, so obviously I've been watching a bunch of Tribe games because uh, I'm a big baseball fan and I'm so happy baseball came back. So been continuing to watch the Tribe games and uh, I really enjoy that. But uh, one movie we watched and I can't. I can't remember if I mentioned it on the show before, but it's worth mentioning again. It's the Richard Jewell movie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing movie. I really enjoyed it. And for everybody that doesn't know, Richard Jewell was, the, the, uh, was accused of the Atlanta Olympic bombings. And uh, so he was accused of this, but he was actually just a security guard that was a super nice guy and was always trying to help people out. And he was just kind of wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. He's the guy that found the bomb, uh, so it created suspicion there. I don't want to ruin the story, but I think we all know you know, that the, the Unabomber was the guy that, that did the bombing. But the movie was so well written. The actors were really good, and uh, it's definitely worth uh, – watching when when you get a chance. Richard Jewell, I'm putting it on the list. I feel like maybe we did talk about it because I'm having deja vu, but even if we didn't, it must be good enough to where we can mention it twice. So Absolutely. Not a, not a bad thing at all. And I know everybody listens to every episode of our podcast, so <laughs> I do right. apologize for that. We're reaching the folks who didn't get the chance to, uh, that they didn't listen to one of the previous shows. We're just trying to make sure that they don't get left out. That's what's important here. That's right. We care about everybody. That's right. Um, that's a good one, Scott. I'm looking forward to watching that one. That's on my list as well. I don't think I've mentioned this since we last uh, spoke, so I'll, I'll bring this one to the, to the table. Uh, two shows for you. These were on uh, Netflix, and they're both uh, maybe shows you wouldn't expect me to necessarily be into, but they were actually really fun to, to get involved with. Uh, one was called Indian Matchmaking, or maybe it was called The Matchmaker or something like that. And it's all about the practice of kind of like arranged marriages, but in a 21st century way in Indian culture both here in the United States and then also back in India. And basically, they're just following these people who have had trouble finding a significant other, and they hire this matchmaker, 
And this is her job, and she literally arranges these meetings between, you know, um, often between the two families of people who are seeking one another. She does all sorts of like prospecting, where she she's she knows this like data on all of these different clients that she has, and she tries to match them all together. And she gives you like printout reports on people of like, okay, this is so and so; these are her likes and dislikes, and you know, it's just sort of like a. Like it's it's kind of like online dating, but with like a personal touch to it, right? Like with a with a personal right, right. guide through it all. But it was just a it was a really fun show, and it was really uh, I don't know. I just found myself wrapped up in the stories of each of the people, and it was interesting to see the culture and you know the the issues that they were dealing with. So I recommend that one. It was surprisingly good. Connie was trying to get me to watch it, and I was like, I don't want to watch that. And uh, within 10 minutes of her watching it, like while I was in the background, I started making comments and going, oh, I can't believe they're doing that. And and then I was hooked in, you know, (laughs) that was a really good one. And then there's another one called Love on the Spectrum, which I thought was uh, a really interesting show as well. Also about dating. Um, But this is uh, folks who are on the autism spectrum and how they are trying to it's basically following their journey of trying to find love and the challenges that they specifically face finding a significant other while being on the autism spectrum. And it was fascinating to follow their journeys. And it was also kind of cool because it was based in Australia. Uh, So all the characters and and their lives and everything is Australian. So it kind of has this international difference and flair to it, but yet a very kind of deep subject. But it has a lot of moments of levity in it. And it was just like, just this like surprisingly good couple of episodes. And then when it was over, you're just like, oh, come on, we, we need more. We need to know their stories, you know? Um, well, it, it, these it sound like these are both shows that your wife picked out and you started watching and you got hooked on. And got hooked on them. Yep, exactly. Yep. So she's right. Every She she always says, because I always downplay her choices, she's like, see, you should listen to me more often. I'm right sometimes. I said, yeah, you're you're exactly right. You definitely are. <laughs> so she nailed these. They were both really good shows. I definitely uh, highly recommend them if you're looking for something that's kind of on the lighter side, but still has like it's not like The Bachelor. Like this isn't trash TV necessarily. Like there's right, right. there's actually some goodness behind it, but also easy to watch if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the show I'm going to feature next month, I'm not going to give it away now, is the total opposite of those two. <laughs> Much heavier show, <laughs> and so uh, this this was a nice break to have watching these two before I started this new one, which I'll reveal next month. But there you go. There are your suggestions for for this month around. Great. Uh, lots to uh, catch up on. Richard Jewell, a couple of TV shows for you. Always enjoy that part of the show, Scott. Thanks for your suggestions. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you on the next episode, my friend. Uh, enjoy this transition into fall, favorite time of the year. Yeah, you too, Walter. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. One more time, if you need to get in touch with Scott to talk about your financial situation or if you just want to talk movies and TV, that's probably fine too. 888-742-0111 is the number or talk to scott.com. We'll look forward to talking to you next time, right back here on the Retirement Toolbox. Go Tribe. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.